0: In First Thessalonians chapter five, verse number eighteen, we're just going to be looking at one verse today. And of course, it's a Thanksgiving verse, and so if you want to, you can take your Bible and you can turn there. But that's where we're going to spend our, our have our focus today. But I I love Thanksgiving. It is it is my favorite holiday by far. It is Christmas, you know, without the uh, without the stress of gifts. And uh, we've already begun to celebrate Thanksgiving, or begun to celebrate Thanksgiving. Our oldest son is uh, home from college today. He's a freshman. He's down at the Citadel. And so he's excited to be home. And I, we have another one over here, another Citadel grad. He's the one with the nice hairdo. And uh, so they're, they're home. And so we've had a lot of fun. Uh, Hank came home. And if you know anything about the Citadel, the first thing he did is he came into the house, he started polishing my shoes which was great. I was like, this is awesome. I'm liking the school more and more. And so I'm, I'm wearing the shoes. He spit-shined my shoes, so that's a lot of fun. has nothing to do with the message today, but we're excited about Thanksgiving. And one thing I like about Thanksgiving so much is that there's a lot of great memories that, that come with Thanksgiving. And I just began to think back about growing up and some of the Thanksgiving memories that we had. Um, I, we would go to my grandmother's house in Texas every year, and we would sit down and have Thanksgiving with her. We'd have about like 30 to 35 people that would come because of dad's brothers and sisters and all their kids. And so we'd sit down together. And my grandmother would put on a huge spread. I mean, it was, I mean, it was enough to feed all the hungry people in the world. I mean, we'd have turkey and we'd have ham and we'd have mashed potatoes and, and sweet potatoes. And then she'd make these incredible rolls. And then to top everything off, she'd have about six or seven pies and cakes, and so we would eat all of it, and then by the time we got finished, and I'm sure your experience was the same, you're like, I will never eat again for the rest of my life, and then what happens, right, right before you, know, like two hours later, everybody's in the kitchen, and we're just sort of picking the rest of that turkey, and so it's just unbelievable, so Thanksgiving to me is a lot of fun, and it's a time when we can get together with family, and then it's also a time when we're supposed to reflect on the things that we have to be thankful for. And I know there are some of you here today, and, and you look back on this past year, and it's been a great year for you. I mean, some of you have, had, have, done, have done really well in your, in your work, and there are others of you who've had just great things happen in, in your family life, and so all these good things are happening. So Thanksgiving's very easy for you. And then I know of other people, and this has been an absolutely horrible year, and you think we're getting ready to celebrate Thanksgiving, and I can't, even th- I can't think of anything that I can be thankful for, except for maybe the fact that I'm breathing. And so you look at Thanksgiving, and it's not something that you're really looking forward to concerning actually reflecting on this year. Well, today in our passage of Scripture, we're going to see one interesting verse. And it's a, it's a command that is given by God to His people, and it has to do with being thankful. And in this one verse, I think we can see some different levels of thanksgiving that followers of God are to have in their lives regardless of your circumstances. And so we're going to look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 18 in just a few moments. But a little background information is that the Apostle Paul is the guy who wrote this book. And he wrote this book to a group of of believers that were living in Thessalonica, which is in modern day Greece. And it was a port city of about 200,000 people. Uh, he went there in order to spread the message of Jesus. Now, not everybody liked his message. Uh, there were people there who worshipped other gods. They didn't like the Christians. They were taking business away. I mean, the Christians weren't going out buying these little idols. And so, economically, was not a good thing. Uh, they didn't like the Christians because they were different. And so, because of this, these people were undergoing persecution because of their faith. And then Paul comes along and in the verse we're looking at today, so these people are being persecuted, Paul says, be thankful. And it's, it's sort of strange because the circumstances really didn't dictate thanksgiving. But I think we can learn from this passage of Scripture is that regardless of our circumstances, we have a calling to be thankful. And we can see some different levels of thanksgiving that believers ought to have in their lives. And at my points today, that they're, sort of, they're sort of little, I think they're, I thought it was really creative and good. I didn't come up with it, but it looks pretty good because they kind of rhyme. And so the very first one, the very first level of thanksgiving we ought to have in our lives is to have an attitude of gratitude. Isn't that good? And it kind of goes together. Having an attitude of gratitude. And I, wanna, I want you to look in verse number 18. Paul said, give thanks in everything. Then why should we do this? He said, "For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus." Now, to me, that's interesting. Paul says, "In everything, give thanks to God." And he doesn't just say, uh, he doesn't just say like in everything. I mean, like he tells us in everything, but he kind of puts a little more onto it. The next part says, "Because this is God's will." for your life. In the book of Proverbs it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Now what's being said here? What's being said here is that regardless of your circumstances, whether you are experiencing good things in your life or you are experiencing bad things in your life, you're to have a spirit of thanksgiving. You are to have an attitude of gratitude, y'all believe me, I know that is so much easier to say than it is to do. I'm sure that if I were to ask some of you, can you tell me about the last bad day you had? And I'm not going to ask y'all that, because I know somebody's going to stand up and they're going to give a 25-minute testimony about what an awful week they've had. I mean, everybody can talk about, about a bad day that they've had. We all know what bad days are, right? I mean, when you're having a bad day, it's pretty easy to pick out. Uh, and if you've had a bad day recently, I, wanna, I want you to listen to a story, a true story about a guy who had a bad day. Uh, he's from Utah. One, one morning, he was lying in bed, and he felt something dripping on his head, and he looked up, and his ceiling had a leak in it, and it was dripping down on him. He said, I got I to get up. I got to fix this. And so he jumps out of the bed. His feet hit the floor, and it's already almost ankle deep. This leak's been going on for a while. I have no idea what's going on. So he jumps up. He decides he's going to try to call a plumber. Well, his phone's not working. So then he tries to run out the door. He tries to open the door. Because of the water on the floor, his door has swelled. So he cannot open the door. He is a prisoner in his own apartment. He begins to yell. He starts yelling and screaming. His neighbor hears him. He tells him what's going on. His neighbor kicks in his door. And so the door comes open. He said, i got to run to my car. i got to go try to get, get a hold of somebody to help me out. He runs to his car it has been stolen. Isn't this great? So his car's gone, but because he's a young man, he's in college, he realizes he didn't have much gas. So he he knows they couldn't have gotten far. He runs a block down the street, he finds his car, and then he remembers he's having ROTC graduation. So he's like, I I can't be late. So he grabs his rifle with the bayonet out of the back seat, throws it in the front seat, runs back to his apartment, changes, runs back to the car, jumps into the car, Forgetting that the bayonet is sitting in the driver's side seat, he sits on his sword. Uh, Needless to say, he ends up in the hospital. He has to have surgery. After it's over, his doctor comes and talks to him. He said, what in the world happened? Here's what he said. He said, I think God was trying to kill me, but he kept on missing. Now, that is a guy who had a bad day. And there are some of you, and you can look in your life, and you say, you know what? I, I haven't had a day like that, but I've had some bad days. So what, is, what does Paul say that we are to do, even in the midst of days like this? In everything, we are to give thanks to God. You might have noticed that the songs we sang today, they were all about praise. They are all about giving thanksgiving to God. He said, how do you give God thanks for something like that? You know what, and I... The only thing I can think of is you just say, God, thank you that not every day is like this. But we are to give God thanksgiving in all situations. We are to give him thanksgiving when things are going well. In the New Testament, there's a story in the book of Luke about ten, you might remember, ten lepers came to Jesus. And, of course, leprosy was just a devastating disease, especially in those days. And they came to Jesus, and what did Jesus do? He healed them. And the Bible says that they all went away and they were rejoicing and they were giving thanks and you know, they were excited about what happened. But what's interesting in that story is only one man came back to Jesus and he got on his knees and he gave thanks to God for what God had done, to him, for, done for him. Now it wasn't that the other men weren't grateful. It's just, just that this was the only man who recognized where this gift came from and he wanted to express thanksgiving to his God. You know, some of us, we, we do things that are nice for other people, and then when we don't get a thank you note in the mail, we get real frustrated. So I did something nice for them thank they haven't thanked me for it yet. And yeah, how many times do we do the same thing with God? You know, how many blessings do we bypass every day that God has done for us, and yet we, we don't even recognize it? The Bible points out to us that we are to have Gratitude. That word gratitude comes from the same root word of grace. Grace and gratitude are related, and we should never get so busy in our lives that we don't take time to offer God thanksgiving for life. The words think and thank are from the same root word. And whenever we take time to think about life, but what God has done for us, we automatically ought to give him thanks for what he has done in our lives. Y'all think about that. We, think about the promises we have from God. And you know, I, I, I don't know what bad things are going on in your life right now. And I'm sure some of them can be very severe. And very difficult. But let me tell you what God has done for you. He's... He's gone to a cross, and he died that we might be reconciled to God. He offers us forgiveness. He offers us hope and meaning in this life. He has given us the grace gift of life itself. Now I want you to think about some of those things, maybe the other things in your life where you know that you have been blessed Have you taken time to tell God, thank you? Is that an automatic response that you have in your life whenever you are blessed that you say, God, I want to thank you for this? Or are you so overwhelmed with the bad things in your life that you can't see the good things? There's a psychologist named Hans Seal. He is uh, considered the father of stress studies, and here's what he said. He says, gratitude produces more positive emotional energy than any other attitude in life. Gratitude is the antidote for all negative emotions and experiences in life. So, in everything, it says give thanks. Because Thanksgiving counteracts and challenges the damaging destructive emotions and the stressful lives that we live. Now, the Bible points out to us that in all things, we are to be grateful. We are to express thanksgiving to God. And I really believe there's some, some levels of thanksgiving that we are to have in our lives. And one of them is that we are to have an attitude of gratitude. But here's another one. We're also to have an altitude of gratitude. Now, what does that mean? Well, hopefully we'll find out. Verse 18 says, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus The Bible says that God desires for you to have a heart of thanksgiving. Why? Because if you have a heart of thanksgiving, it will change everything about your life. If you have a spirit of thanksgiving in all things, it will change your perspective on everything. It's really incredible. It's, it's It's about being positive or being negative. Have you noticed how positive people... That just whenever things come their way that might not be in agreement with what they'd like to happen, that they handle things differently? A spirit of thanksgiving will change your perspective regardless of circumstances. Let me try to give you an example of this. Uh, There were four elderly ladies who who lived in a retirement home, and they're sitting around a card table, and they're playing bridge. As they're playing cards, uh, all of them are widows. There was a, a new man that walked in. And he was a new resident, and they kind of looked at him. He was kind of a good-looking guy. And so one of the ladies stopped him, and she said, are you new here? He said, yes. And she said, well, well when did you get here? He said, well, I just moved here last week. so where are you from? He said, well, and he kind of got quiet. He goes, well, I'm, I'm from San Quentin. She was like, San Quentin? What, what were you doing there? And he said, well, I was in San Quentin prison. And he said, I've been there for the last 20 years. So what what have you been there for? He said, well, they accused me of killing my wife. And she smiled, and she said, so you're telling me you're single? Now, whenever you, have a, whenever you have a different perspective, it sort of changes the way that you view everything. Gratitude will change your perspective on any circumstance. And so the Bible tells us that we are to have a spirit of thanksgiving and gratitude in all circumstances. And how does that change us? Well, instead of focusing on just the here and now, when you have a spirit of thanksgiving, you understand that God has a bigger picture for you than just your present day circumstances. Guys, if we are dominated by, by every action, everything that happens in the here and now, let me tell you something, you are going to be a basket case because your emotions are going to be up and down if you allow circumstances to dictate how you live your life. But whenever we take a long-term view and understand that we have a God who loves us, a God who cares for us, then we understand that the daily circumstances of life that come our way are just that they are, they, are, they are bumps, maybe peaks and valleys in the road of life, but boy, they don't even touch the eternal view that God has for our lives. When you read through the book of Psalms, you'll notice that there's a spirit of thanksgiving in many of those chapters. And you'll see that there's a spirit of thanksgiving for what God has done for people. There's a spirit of thanksgiving for the material blessings that God gives. There's a a, a spirit of thanksgiving for the spiritual blessings that God gives. It's a great way to model your prayers in the morning, to look through the book of Psalms. How can I give thanks to God? Look through the book of Psalms and you'll find some, some ways that you can offer thanksgiving to God. And you know, I've noticed that the people that I look up to the most, the people that I see as being spiritual giants, one thing they all have in common is they are people who have a spirit of thanksgiving in their lives. But I know it's not, it's not easy to give thanks. Not always. It's not easy to give thanks whenever you've been stuck in traffic for 30 minutes, you know, on hardscrabble Scrabble Road. It's not even easy to have a spirit of thanksgiving when, when somebody that you loved and cared for, maybe you're in a relationship with them and they walk out on you. It's not easy to have a spirit of thanksgiving. It's not easy to have a spirit of thanksgiving whenever your, your job is tenuous at best. And so the question is what do we do? We give thanks. I I don't know how to do that. Guys, God God says it's his will for us to be a people of thanksgiving. And if that is God's will, then we can know that God will empower us to do whatever it is that he calls us to do. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And so if it's God's will for you to give thanks, to have a spirit of thanksgiving, God can enable you to do that. But just because you give thanksgiving does not mean that your circumstances will necessarily change. You know, it's not some little magic, magic potion where we say, if I just say thanks enough, then God will, God will change my circumstances so that good things will begin to happen to me. And that's not necessarily going to happen. But what I do believe happens is as we have a spirit of thanksgiving through all situations, then what happens is those circumstances won't dictate how we live our lives. But when we have a spirit of thanksgiving, it will change our perspective. And it will give us the same kind of perspective that God has about life. So there's some different levels of thanksgiving that we ought to have. We ought to have an attitude of gratitude, an altitude of gratitude, and this is the last one. We also ought to have a latitude of gratitude. And let's, Let's look at verse 18 again. It says, Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, latitude is in reference to width. And so with that in mind, what's the width of your thanksgivings, and what does that mean? I I don't know, really, except for I can try to explain it through this story. Uh, You might remember in Acts chapter 16, there's a story of the Philippian jailer who became a follower of Jesus. Now, what was going on in Acts 16 is Paul and Silas were in prison. Because they were preaching a message about Jesus, and the religious leaders got upset. They get thrown into jail, and so they're in, they're in jail, and a huge earthquake comes, and it just knocks open the jail cell doors. Now, when this earthquake comes, the Philippian jailer, guess what he wants to do? He wants to become a follower of God. Now, does he want to become a follower of God because the earthquake scared him to death? Now, that's not it. As a matter of fact, his first reaction is the jailer was going off to kill himself. And the reason why is because back then, if a prisoner or if a, if a uh, guard lost a prisoner, the, the guard would be executed for dereliction of duty. So he didn't want that to happen. He just thought, I'll just take my own life. But as he saw Paul in silence, he changed his mind. He decided he wanted to become a follower of God. Why did he want to become a follower of God? Here's why. Because these two men, in the midst of stress, of being in prison, singing praises to God. When he saw how they were living their lives in the midst of being in the furnace, he said, I want to follow a God that will make me like that, that will make me like a man who will give praise to God regardless. And so Paul and Silas, what did they do? They were more than happy to tell him about Jesus. And about how he could change his life as well. So the latitude of gratitude is you wanting to extend the grace that you've been given by God to other people. There's a man that was watching his neighbor plant a peach tree. And his neighbor in his 80s. And he saw him plant the peach tree and he walked over to him. And he said, what are you doing? He so said, I'm planting a peach tree. He said, well, I, yeah, I'm not trying to be rude. He said, but at your age, there's probably a pretty good chance you're never going to get to eat peaches off that tree. And the old man, he just kind of laughed. He goes, well, you're probably right. He said, you know, I've eaten peaches my whole life. And he said, I've never planted any of those trees, but I thought, you know, it'd be kind of neat if I planted a peach tree that somebody else could enjoy. Now, that is an example of the latitude of gratitude where you want to give the grace that you've received to somebody else. Guys, let me tell you something. We live in a time where people are hungry for grace. We live in a time where people are hungry to know that there's somebody who loves them, even in the midst of their brokenness. And you know who has the answer for all that stuff? It's us. Those of us who are believers, who are followers of Jesus. We know what God has done for us. And if we're going to show a latitude of gratitude, one thing we want to do is we want to extend that grace to other people because we've been blessed by that grace. And we can share with people how Jesus has changed our life, how Jesus has given us hope, how Jesus has changed life just from the drudgery of everyday doing stuff that we've got to do to survive To say, I am doing these things because they make a difference. And it can make a difference for my family. And if I live in a certain way, if I live for Jesus, then it can transform the eternity of the people that I know. That's the latitude of gratitude. Being willing to share with others the grace that you've been given. Now we're celebrating Thanksgiving this week. Are you grateful? Are you offering thanksgiving to God? Paul says there's some different levels of thanksgiving that we ought to have. We ought to have an attitude of gratitude. We ought to have an altitude of gratitude. And we ought to have a latitude of gratitude. Now, now with that in mind, how are you doing? With that in mind, when was the last time that you just simply got on your knees and you said, God... Lord, thank you for the way that you've blessed my life. And may say, well, what are some ways that I can thank God for blessing my life? Thank God for the friendships that you have. Thank God for your your spouse. You can thank God for your children. You can thank God for the job that you have. You can thank God for the eternal life that he offers to give you. Thank you. Now, there's some of you, and you say, you know what? I, I have a hard time doing that because I have some hurts that have occurred in my life where I feel like I am so damaged That I don't have the strength to give God thanks. I don't have the ability to say, God, thank you for what you've done in my life. Here's my encouragement for you. Let me encourage you to pray and to say, God, I'm going to ask you to heal me. God, I'm going to ask that you restore my life. Lord, I pray that you give me freedom from my past so that I'll have the ability to move forward and live with grace and thanksgiving in the future. And there are some of us who just simply need need healing today. As I tell you something, there is a God who can bring healing into your life. He can change your perspective and help you to see that life isn't just about this moment, but life is much bigger than that. And God has a future, an eternal future for you.